Welcome to the Real Estate Monopoly podcast, a podcast where we bring on multifamily investors and discuss real estate and their journeys to financial freedom. Each episode, we deliver inspiring and educational content that will empower you to launch your real estate investing career and achieve your financial goals. I'm your host, Kerwin Donis. Hello, everyone. Today's episode guest was Dax Ferguson. Dax is a go-giver at heart, has a great sense of humor, and is an expert when it comes to all things due diligence and construction in multifamily. You'll want to hang out till the end when Dax lists the top five things every sponsor needs to pay attention to during due diligence. Here we go. Thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kerwin and Kenneth Donis. Today on the show, we'll be having Dax Ferguson out of Texas. Dax, do you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Yeah, I'm Dax Ferguson, the CEO of Heritage Construction and Consulting Services. We are a general contractor that focuses strictly on uh, multifamily rehab. Um, you know, we do everything from inspection or the due diligence process, the physical due diligence, lease audit, all the way through the uh, construction process, all your CapEx uh, spending, um, helping you figure out where to spend those CapEx dollars and then uh, executing on your plan. Awesome, Dax. Um, and if you'd like, I would love it to find out, like, what, you, what were you doing before you started Heritage? Uh, did you have any construction background? Yeah, so uh, funny story. Went to uh, college for theater, and uh, I built sets and did lighting and uh, video um, in, in college. Um, I was a lighting designer here in the DFW area. I did, um, you know, operas and uh, summer musicals, Broadway shows, uh, concerts for some pretty big name uh, singers that are out there. And then did a lot of corporate events. And um, at uh, one of the corporate events back in 1998, I actually met my business partner. Um, he owns a very large entertainment drapery company. And um, I was lighting his drape. Uh, we, we, we reconnected and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But from, from there, my dream job out of college was to uh, design uh, performing arts theaters and be a consultant on that. And I did, and um, I was designing, um, you know, rigging systems, lighting systems in performing arts theaters, whether it be college venue, high school venues. Um, we did some uh, professional venues, pretty large professional venues, and then stadiums um, throughout the U.S., um, stayed there for a little while, uh, realized that they really just wanted another drafter instead of my ideas. So, um, I moved on from there and, uh, went and did home theater. Um, I did home theater seating. So, and then went into home theater interiors. So I built, uh, built those. And then from there, uh, went to dental offices and did uh, dental office and networking, um, uh, which is my computer. Um, i uh, designed equipments and interiors for dental offices, um, left that industry and wanted to get into the construction world. And so started with a large uh, roofing company and uh, did that for a, a little bit. And then in, uh, my father passed away in 2010. And after he passed away, I um, started Heritage in 2011. So yeah, that's awesome. So there's my journey. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. That's good to hear. And you said that you focus on multifamily 
is there like a reason that you don't do anything in the single family space or any other type of commercial real estate? Yeah, it's scale. Um, so I had kind of hit a wall on how I could grow my business on the single family side. Um, and I kind of looked at it. I had dabbled in some multifamily and like a roofing job, for instance, you know, I, I did a very large roofing job. I mean, it was a half million dollar job and I did it in, you know, less than 30 days. I'm like, wait a minute, that, that was pretty easy. You know, let's go do that again. And um, I had never focused on it. Well, I had a customer, uh, that customer that I was just talking about was buying another property. And he said, man, you did so good on roofing. And I know you do siding and painting and some of this other stuff. Are you interested in doing it on multifamily? I said, I'll be honest with you. I'd love to, but I've never done it. Um, I know how I have the people, but I've never done it. And he said, man, I really like how you operate your business. Why don't we do this? Let's work together. And, and why don't you grow your business and, and, and go this way? So we did it. We knocked it out of the park and he started telling all of his friends, you've got to use this guy. You've got to use this guy. And so, um, he has become a dear friend of mine. And so we, I mean, he, tells everybody about me and, and we just grew and grew. And so that really started my journey in 2015 on doing multifamily exclusively. Um, you know, my average job, you know, before in single family was about 30,000, right? So you did, you know, some hundred thousand, some 300,000, but any, most of your jobs are between 15 and 30,000. You're like, Oh, just banging your head against the wall. How, how can I do more of these? And, you know, you have to add people and you have to do this. And then, you know, it's just, it becomes a nightmare. And so once I really got into the multifamily world, I'm like, okay, so I can go do one job, stay in the same place, go to the same place. My guys go to the same place and I'm doing my average job, you know, became 300,000. And I'm like, this makes more sense. And so you just start scaling your business um, in that model. And today we really don't, do much less than um, 750 to a million dollars is probably somewhere where our average is today. So um, it, it makes it easier to kind of all the way down. So that's, that's kind of where we focused uh, since 16, um, you know, into 15, 16. And uh, here we are today. We've, uh, I think we'll hit, uh, uh, we did, 10x last year of what we did in 15 um, and we're looking to double that again this year. So that's awesome. It's been incredible. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's really awesome and impressive to hear. Um, and I'm just curious. Um, so how did you approach building your network within the multifamily space? Um, was that a challenge or uh, yeah. How did you approach that? Pretty organically. Um, I did uh, become a vendor in some of these groups. Um, I did it that way, but you know, just because you're another contractor in one of these groups doesn't mean that you're going to have any great success. You're going to have to have referrals and impress people, impress people by your processes, impress people by never stop learning about the business, never stop learning new ways, uh, never come in with the approach that you know everything because I promise as soon as you do, you don't. Um, something changes. And so, I've always made that a focus. Um, most, most, this is not all, but most contractors that are out there in this space know their space well 
and that's all. They don't know the business aspect of it. They don't know the marketing piece that that's behind it. And so they just go, well, you know, I'm the contractor and, and I'll come in and I'll do your work and I leave and, you know, hopefully you'll call me again. But learning the business about, you know, one thing I talk about a lot and the other podcasts I do is creating community in community has nothing to do with me, but it's what I do when we're on a property, right? So you have a single mom, you know, living next to a married couple and the single mom's trying to do better for herself and make a better inside that community, whether it's through community events, whether it's creating community spaces, uh, pergolas, outdoor kitchens, playgrounds, and things like that, that uh, creates a stickiness factor on your properties. And what that does is when you raise rents, they don't want to leave it. So they're willing to pay more and stay there. And so that doesn't directly affect me, but what it does is it teaches people or talks to people about some of the things that I've seen be great success. Um, one of the things my business partner laughs at me about is he said, I'm too honest in some ways, like, um, you know, roofing, we, you know, it's a good margin business, right? But um, I say, look, don't spend the money on the roofs if you don't absolutely have to, because I, I can spend your money elsewhere, lower margin for us, but it's a bigger bang for you guys. And it creates a better community in the long term. And so in doing that, um, we don't make as much money. However, property sooner and then we'll have another job because we've helped you do that. And so we talk about that all the time. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you the, the better places to spend your money um, so that you're more successful. Um, and in turn, I'll be more successful for it. And I know that. So, um, but creating your network um, is, is done pretty organically. You're not going to wow somebody with a property you buy, um, you're going to wow people by getting in their face, uh, having a strong, firm handshake and looking them in the eye and saying, hey, I'm here and this is what I do and I don't know everything, but I'm willing to learn. And uh, people respect that. Yeah. That, and it's, it's really clear that you've built a good reputation in the industry. Um, so if you could maybe just explain how that has helped uh, kind of your long-term success and what role that's played in it. So, you know, as I told you about the customer of mine that, you know, I, I knocked it out of the park for him in the room, you know, people referring me to other people um, is really where I've had the most success in my business. Um, I don't really do any outside marketing. I mean, I do things, you know, like podcasts and um, you know, I have marketing materials and, and I go to some of these events, but I mean, really you don't see a big presence of me pushing myself out there, pushing, pushing heritage out there to go, you need to call me so that I can do it. It just, I have phone calls come in by, I don't even know this person. It happened actually last week. Hey, I'm buying a property. I heard you were the guy I needed to call. How can you help me? And I'm like, well, this is what I can do. And they're like, yes, I'm going to send you an email. We need to meet. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's, let's meet. Um, it's all referral. Um, it's, it's really getting in there, getting to know people, letting people, uh, understand who you are, what your heart is. And then it goes from there. So, yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, and what I kind of would like to go into is how, how do you choose which projects and operators you work with? I'm sure you're getting a lot of people reach out just because of the track record that you have. Is there like some type of criteria or filter that you use, or are you pretty much willing to work with anyone? And I assume this is probably a, you know, a no, but do you work with like 
anyone depending on like their track record as well? You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I do my own research, right? So if somebody calls me and says, Hey, I've got a, you know, thousand unit portfolio over here. And, you know, so I kind of have my list of questions, you know, well, you know, do you have a budget put together? You know, this tells me how prepared they are for the process and, and where they're headed. Um, I ask them who's uh, part of your GP or who's in your partnership. See if I know, any, know anybody in there. Um, and then um, I ask around and then you talk about, well, do you own anything currently? And if you own something so that I can understand what their standard is. Um, so those are some of my criteria I use. Um, but really on a business scale or business ideas or what's your business plan? Do you have one? What does that look like? What's your execution model? Um, those types of things help me understand who you are as a business person and understand if I want to work with you. So, you know, if you tell me that um, you went through, you did your model and you have $3,000 a door and you're going to do flooring, you're going to do painting, you're going to do lights and, and all this. And I'm like, well, that's never going to work. And they're like, well, well, that's what I was told to do. So that's what I did. And I'm like, well, reality is that's never going to work. And they're like, well, why do you say that? And so I go, through my list of stuff. And, and that really determines kind of who I use that weeds out a lot of people, if you will, I should never have done the job. Um, and that's okay. Um, we finish it and we do it with integrity and we walk away and we go, okay, note to self. That's probably not the one we want to use next time or who we want to work with next time. You know, it doesn't happen often. Um, you know, but, uh, but those are some things that help you kind of dive through it and go from there. Um, just because you're a newbie doesn't mean you're not the right customer. Um, you can be a newbie and have your junk together and have been mentored very well. Um, and you're ready to rock and roll. So it, I can't say if you're a new, a newbie, I won't do work with you cause that's not true at all. I do a lot of work with first time buyers. Um, but it's, uh, it's a process. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And, I mean, as we all know, uh, you know, us being in the multifamily space, we know how important due diligence may be. Uh, but if you wouldn't mind how important due diligence in the process of buying a multifamily uh, asset. Sure. So our due diligence package, and, and, and I, I will toot my own horn for a minute here, is, is the most um, thorough due diligence that I've seen to date. Um, it, uh, we take, we walk every single unit and, uh, we take about 40 pictures of each interior from cabinets to countertops to appliances. Um, and there's uh, 40 pictures that are taken on average, uh, throughout the whole property. So with that, um, that's on the interior. Then we take the exterior, we take, uh, stairs, we take railing, we take wood rot, siding, painting, roofing. Um, we fly a drone over every property and then we do a 3D image of every pro uh, on every property of the exterior of the building so that you can change colors if you're going to paint it to give you a visual idea of what that place is going to look like. And then um, we do Matterport on the interior of every uh, floor plan type so that you will know what each floor plan type really looks like, whether you were there with us physically or you were there with us virtually because you can follow us because um, it's cloud-based. So you can follow us through our due diligence and kind of see in real time kind of where things are at. 
But then the reporting system uh, side of it, it gives you, if you're an Excel person, gives you an Excel. If you're a picture person, it gives you all the pictures with categorize of um, good functional or needs replacement. Um, and then, um, so we do that. And then we just launched recently um, a software called CapExact. And CapExact is a software that if you do due diligence with us, we give you free access for a year. But it um, helps you create your CapEx budget. So you go in, you type in all the property information. You do flooring, you do water conservation. What are you doing here on the property? You pick and choose. And it will give you a very uh, beginning uh, budget, right? So what you're going to do on the property. And so you go, well, I have $2 million to spend on the property, but my budget here says $2.5. So you can go pick and choose some stuff to get it down to $2 million. Um, Understand there's probably a 10% or so variance on our um, cap exact so that we can kind of protect you uh, while you're going through the process. And then it spits out a quote that you can send to the lender and go, these are the things that I want to do on the property. This is um, who, maybe not who I'm going to use, but kind of what we're going to spend in each of these buckets. Um, and then um, we go into execution plan from there. We rebid everything out, dial things in. And then we kind of knock it out of the park. So that has helped people when they are analyzing deals to go, I don't know the software. It's now, if, you, if you're if you an iPhone user or an iPad user, you can go download it. It's called CapExact, C-A-P-X-A-C-T. And you can have it um, free of charge because we're, we're throwing it out there right now. Um, so that you can dial that in and look at that and see why you're analyzing deals. This does only work for multifamily. It does not work for single family houses. Um, but on the multifamily side, you can have a pretty good budget of what you're going to do. So um, those tools help people be more successful. Obviously, um, when you're talking about marketing, that really puts me in front of more people by giving them these tools. And so um, in turn, that's, that's helped us quite a bit. Yeah. Sorry, did that answer your question? That was a long way to get there, but no, it did. It did, and I I will say that the CapExact tool is very very helpful. Um, just getting an overall estimate as far as what you'll be spending. But of course, you know, you said you walk every single unit throughout uh, the due diligence. What are some things that are red flags that you would really really want to when walking the unit want to make sure that you take note of? So you have the big five. Um, the, the big five is going to be roofing, foundation, plumbing, electrical, oh, and HVAC. And if you, if you look at those and you have a good diagnostics of those. So uh, in due diligence, we, we look at, I'll start with HVAC. Um, if it's R22 or uh, 410, right? So since they've done away with R22, you're, going to have a higher expense today on your uh, on your HVAC because you're going to have to change Freon. You're going to have to go through that process or you're going to have to flat out 11, 12 years now. And um, it just means that you have an older unit and it's probably going to need some maintenance if it still has R22. So you want to expand your budget there a little bit. Um, plumbing, um, if it's cast iron, you're going to want to scope those. Hey, cast iron is not necessarily mean it's a horrible thing, right? So if they've been maintained, um, hydrojetted and things like that, and they're in decent shape, um, there's no sense in replacing that or assuming you have to replace that. 
um, you know, uh, annual maintenance on those can really keep those ticking for a, for a while. Um, foundation issues, uh, you know, depending on where you're at in the country, you know, Texas is pretty bad on foundations. So, you know, you want to have a good idea um, on what those are. And so our due diligence team walks around uh, with a foundation level to kind of see if it's within variance or out of variance. And if it's out of variance, we just say, hey, we recommend you bring in an engineer or guidance on this. We're just here to kind of say, hey, we see it. And, and here's where your variances are. We're not licensed to do, you know, that or tell you. We're just here to help you gather information. Um, so scoping the lines, HVAC, plumbing, roofing. Uh, we fly with drones. So we, we now have a new drone or two new drones that are 6K. So we fly the whole property, but we zoom down on the buildings and kind of give you a really good assessment of what we're seeing there. Um, we kind of have two different approaches to roofing. So if, if the roofing is pretty good and just needs walk and seal is what we call it. So they walk it and they seal all your roof penetrations, your nails, um, anything that's exposed, they go around and seal that. Any siding um, flashing that needs to be done, they'll go seal that. And that's one way to do it. And if you have a couple of missing shingles, they'll, they'll do that. That's one way to I'll say kick the can down the road, but it's if they are beyond that, then they have to be replaced and then, you know, you'll have to do that. And so, um, those are kind of two different approaches on roofing. Um, electrical, you want to know if it's stab lock system, um, what type of, a, you know, is it aluminum wiring or copper wiring? And if it's aluminum, have they done the Alumicon or pigtails um, in the interior units so that your insurance is not astronomical or um, your lender won't lend you money because of it? So you got to know those kinds of things. And so, that's that all kind of gets exposed in our due diligence process. Um, if you guys haven't been exposed to many other due diligence platforms or um, types of companies that are out there, what happens a lot is they'll take a pictures of anywhere from two to, to five different interiors and then they'll say like kind, right? Like kind, like kind, or you know, this is where we see. Um, it's probably uh, less expensive because they're they're not having the labor of of what we have, but the end result is there's more surprises, and so we try to eliminate the surprises and give you um, a good idea. I'll give you an example of when we did in Atlanta just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the owner said we had 20 uh, vacant units. Uh, the, we ended up finding over 100 vacant units on that property, um, which it killed the deal. Right. So he wasn't prepared for that in his, when he did the deal. So, um, you have those things to be concerned about as well. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And to kind of, uh, we were actually in Kansas with, uh, the heritage team. We were doing a due diligence on a property there. Um, and kind of to compliment you, like everyone that I've met through heritage has been really down to earth. They're great people. And I think it kind of just shows the type of company that you are creating. I think it is a people first and that's what makes a great company. Um, so just compliment you on that. They were all really like, motivated. They were young and they were very uh, inspiring kind of, um, we had dinner with them. Um, I, I don't remember their names exactly, but I'm sure you kind of know who I'm referring to. They're great people. So keep it up with the, with the people that you're attracting. It's definitely uh, easy to work with people that are, are nice and, you know, just take their, their work seriously. Um, so yeah, my brothers and I, we had a great time uh, meeting them. Good there. Yeah. So um Something with my team. So I have Dan, who, who you met, that kind of leads the team there. 
And then um, he, he's over all due diligence now. And then you have kind of my guys in the field. So Maluna, who uh, I believe was leading that specific job you were talking about, um, I, I really focus on hiring people that are interested in the business, right? So they are, they're learning the business as they're, they're doing due diligence. So I'm like, here's why this is important. Right. And so they care. They're like, well, let me explain to you why it's important. Let me walk you down a, a thought process. And so that is, I believe, why I've been so successful is because I'm not just hiring bodies. I'm hiring people who really have a passion for it. Um, you know, one of the guys that has recently left the company, he's invested in multifamily while he was doing due diligence. So, you know, didn't have a lot of extra money, but he did. I think he's, you know, invested, you know, $20,000 into, into some multifamily deals through some properties that he did due diligence on. And so, it really, um, I try to create that passion and education and we're always talking and always educating this team of would it be important to you to know this? And this is why I think it's important. And what do you think? And then so, and then um, that's one piece to it. But the other piece that I really am passionate about personally is I care about the people in the units. And so when you go in and you go in with, uh, you talk to them, it doesn't matter what their place looks like. It doesn't matter. You don't know their certain, situation when you walk in that door, but you could be a life changer for that person. And if you go in with that attitude, um, it really can speak to people uh, and really change their lives. And so uh, it sounds kind of silly, but you learn what the problems are on the property on my team will learn, Hey, well, this is wrong. This has always been wrong. The maintenance staff is horrible or they're really great. And I've been living with these issues for a long time. And so that really gives you kind of this comfortable feeling. And then you'd be surprised if you walk out of one unit and you walk into, a, you know, another unit, you know, three units later, and they've already talked to the person that you just walked out of. And they're like, oh my gosh, well, let me tell you this. And so, and then you hear more and more. And so we really try to focus on befriending people while we're there. And that's why we have been successful, I would say, in, in some of those areas and gathering some data that uh, you may not have gathered just by walking one or two units. So thanks yeah. for that, though. I, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. I really work hard on my team and making sure that they do uh, what I need them to do in that area. Yeah. <laughs> and it definitely comes across. So uh, keep it up. Um, to kind of go into our express round, I just ask you a quick couple of questions. My first question being, what is the biggest mistake that you've made in real estate and or in your business or heritage company? And what did it teach you? Here is a um, interesting statement. There, there, there's two parts to this. I'm not a control freak. I have trust issues. So, um, and let me explain why. Um, I hired a guy that ran uh, a large part of the company, um, South Texas. Um, at the time we were only in Texas, we were crushing it. And uh, look up one day and uh, he sent me an email and he had separated from the company. He had started a, uh, a company with the same name in South Texas. And he had uh, taken uh, three quarters of a million dollars and uh, it deposited it into his account and we couldn't go after him. Um, I gave too much control to him without managing that piece. So, um, I don't have to control everything um, as long as I trust you. And um, it takes a little longer for me to trust you in running my business or doing uh, major pieces of my business. 
However, um, once you're in, you're in. And um, I trust you with everything. So um, I'm not saying control with everything uh, initially. So that was that was one piece. But you really want to know a game changer. And I think I talked to you guys about this in Dallas. Um, this was probably the biggest game changer in my business. If you're honest with yourself, you can create three categories on a piece of paper. What you're good at, what you're okay at, and what you're really not that good at, but you do. If you are honest, whether it's paperwork, whether it's finances, whether it's, um, in, in my case, project management, um, you know, you're, you're okay at that, or you're really good at sales networking and developing relationships. If you, you put those pieces in, in front of you and you look at it, you know who you have to hire or who you have to partner with to be a stronger company. And so if you're really not good at the paperwork piece or analyzing piece or putting deals together, then partner with somebody that is because that that's their passion. That's what they love about love to do. Um, if it's asset management, right? That, that may be not your strongest piece. There's some really good people that are really good at asset management and that's all they really want to do. And they want to partner with you. And then if you're really good at getting out in front of, you know, the, the brokers and bringing deals in, then you stay with doing that. But if you take these other pieces off your plate and you just focus on what you're good at, you'll have more success. And so when I did that in my business, um, back in early 16, um, it was a game changer for me in my business. I hired more project managers. I hired higher caliber project managers. I hired financial people that took care of the books and, and did all that. And I found that I had a lot more time to focus on the things that I was really good at. And it really scaled my business a lot faster. I was nervous initially about giving up the money. My problem was giving up the money wasn't the problem if I could focus on what I'm good at because more money came in to allow me to afford that. And um, it was my business partner that forced me through this exercise. And he goes, what are you worried about? And I said, I make pretty good money. I don't want to give it up, right? It was a greed thing, really, if you, if you want to really dive into it. And um, he said, if you'll trust me, you won't lose a dime and I'll guarantee it. I'll make sure you don't, you don't lose any money on what you're used to making. So if you go through that exercise um, for your business, for your partnership, so you guys in, as syndicators, right? So if you do it through your GP partnership, um, I have seen some partnerships that um, everybody was analytical. Everybody was an analyzer in and, and nobody had the asset management piece or nobody had the putting the deal together structure piece. And, you know, nobody could had deals with brokers and those didn't seem to work as well. I've seen them work because they're just smart people, but I'm talking about a true strong partnership that you can do a lot of deals together and you can do, uh, you can really scale as a company that's what makes really strong partnerships. And I encourage everybody to do that um, because it just, it just makes things better. I go to my partner, you know, people talk about, oh, partnerships are horrible and blah, blah, where I'm at personally right now. I'm going through some junk, you know, whatever it is, you know, and he's like, all right, you're good. He knows if, if I go to him with that, he may have to pick up some slack. He can do the same thing to me and, and I may have to help in some other areas over here. Um, we've got a really solid team around us right now, so that helps. But, you know, starting out, you know, it's, you, you kind of work through this and um, in that area. And then 
if, um, you know, he's really strong in finances and he's done very well in business um, and still does outside of heritage. And so um, he's like, he can make quick decisions on things that I'm like, Oh, I'm really stressing over this one. You know, it's a big financial decision. And he's like, man, that's easy. And here's why da, 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 da. And I'm like, I get it. It makes sense now. So be careful who you partner with, because if you don't choose that, those people or that person wisely, um, you'll all be doing the same thing and, and you won't be able to scale. Talks about having the right people in the right positions. Um, and that's really valuable because um, everyone has like a different superpower and, and strengths and weaknesses. And so you want to make sure that that person's not only is it's the right person for the job, but that they are like naturally just uh, their, their natural strengths will be complementing the role they're in. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. Awesome. And um, to kind of go to my second question, Dex, I'm not sure if you're a reader, but do you have, any books that you'd recommend our, our audience uh, that they should read? So um, I have uh, read a lot. So I read um, I'm more of an audiobook guy just because I'm awesome. traveling in my truck and, and um, that's kind of where I, I go. So, you know, I've read um, all of Grant Cardone stuff. I've read all of Gary Vee stuff um, and, and I like it and it, and it's good to a point, right? So it, it got me through a time. And, and, and so I don't discount that they were, they were instrumental in getting me to a next level. Um, I, once you got beyond that, where I had some mental struggles. So if you've ever read, can't hurt me, um, that book, and I know it sounds more of the physical, but on the mental side of things for me was, I just don't have the mental ca- capacity anymore. I mean, he- I have nine kids and so I feel like I have a lot of energy and, and, and all of that. Um, but mentally I would get tired. And so, um, I just needed to give a little bit more. And so that more than a physical on a mental helped me through kind of just not giving up, not quitting too soon, not plowing through some things. Um, and then, you know, physically I, um, I've started working out. Um, and when I'm in the gym, um, I've got a personal trainer and I talk quit that I've never been a quitter. I mean, that's why I have nine quits kids. Cause I didn't quit. Right. So, um, <laughs> but in the gym, I, I don't quit. And, um, and he's, he looks at me, he goes, can you do it? And I said, well, I'm going to give it everything I have. Right. So I won't quit until my body tells me no. And so that has been something that um, has helped me um, physically in that area and, you know, made me stronger and healthier and and all of that. So I'm physically in a better spot. I'm mentally in a better spot um, company wise because some of the stuff that, that we've done um, whether it was through Gary Vee or Grant Cardone or uh, what my business partner helped me put together, we as a company are very healthy. Um, We have great people that work. uh, We surround ourselves with great people. Um, and so, um, all that together, um, those are some good, good ideas. Um, and of course I have, so, um, my, my 13 year old just finished it. Um, and, um, we have the cash flow game at home. And so I told him if he wants to play, he has to read the book first. And so that's his motivation to, to do it. And so, um, I'm very intentional with my kids on, um, investing in business, um, 
good and bad, uh, bad decisions I've made, good decisions I've made, how they benefit or hinder us as a family. And um, I, I will never hold that back uh, from anybody. And I love uh, mentoring young people to, to be better, um, whether it's my kids or anybody else. Um, you know, just, hey, let me put you in the right spot. I know a ton of people. Let me bring you to an area and introduce you to some people because these people can influence you um, in a positive way. So anyway, there's, there's my, uh, on the book. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. I love that book actually. I, I listened to it um, a couple of months ago. And like you said, it's just like a, it gets, even if it's at the gym or just business, it's a, kind of put things into perspective and it almost like sees, you know, almost are able to see how far you can actually push yourself. Cause I feel like when you compare yourself to someone like David Goggins, who wrote the book, it's uh, you kind of feel like a, like a little assist or, or just, you know what I mean? Like little, like weaker than you probably are, should be thinking about yourself. Yeah. Yes. I think it's really powerful that you teach your kids uh, to read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I think most people go their whole lives without being, being really uh, financially literate. And so that you're starting them so young, that's just awesome. And I, I plan to also have my kids read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, so that's really awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and to kind of go into my next question, and you kind of touched on it uh, with working out, but do you have any other daily habits that you would accredit some of your success to? Um, yeah, it's and, and it's not daily. I, I go to the gym three to four times a week, uh, depending on my travel schedule. I'm a, I go to bed late, so uh, my gym gym time is eight thirty to ten. Um, and I go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, if I'm traveling and I miss Wednesday, cause if I'm traveling it's typically midweek, um, I'll make it up on Saturday or Sunday. So, um, it's kind of my routine now. Um, again, I've recently started it. It's only been in the last probably three or four months, um, that I've done it, but I've known a huge transition in my, uh, my health, you know, general energy and things of that nature. So, uh, I would definitely say take time, take time for it. Um, you know, I live on a farm, so I, I get on my tractor a lot. So if I just need mental quietness, uh, I need things to get quiet around me. Um, you'll see me on my tractor, uh, mowing my 50 acres with headphones on singing at the top of my lungs, just because uh, <laughs> that's my time. So, <laughs> I, love that. That's I, don't awesome. I don't use headphones. Um, the only time I do it is when I'm on the tractor and nobody can hear me probably is why I do it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and, and you've already given like a lot of awesome advice, but if you could give someone one piece of advice that you found most valuable or um, a piece of advice that you've been given that you found to be most valuable in your business and your life, what would that be? So, mm, in multifamily, and, I, and I'm going to speak to that. The the community of multifamily is small but loving, and um, know that you you make a fool of yourself in this world. It travels fast. You um, are ambitious, and you're willing to do whatever it takes um, to to help somebody um, that travels fast. And don't be afraid to approach anybody to whether you know you think they're a they're approachable. They, they really are. Um, most, most everybody I've met in this business wants to help somebody else be successful in this business and don't be afraid to approach them and talk to them and say, Hey, 
you know, going with the firm handshake, look them in the eye and say, you know, this is my name. This is what I'm here to do. And uh, I hear you're a rock star or a superstar in this business. And I'd love to spend five, 10 minutes with you to learn about your journey. And I'll tell you, um, I know, I know some people that I was intimidated to approach going, man, I'm afraid to approach them. They are just superstars and um, had the opportunity to sit with them or, you know, at lunch or something like that and just learn all their heart is, is to help somebody else be successful in this business. And um, I think that's probably why I like it so much. That's awesome. Yeah. We definitely see that by all the events that we're going to and meeting people like you, just true go-givers. And it's not something that I, I feel like is the same in all industries, um, but we're really grateful to be in the right one. Um, to kind of go to my last question, Dax, what is the best way for people in our audience to reach out to you, whether they want to kind of just pick your brain on uh, your company and what maybe you can do for them? Um, is there a place that you'd like them to go? So my email me, which uh, is dax at heritageccs.com. Uh, is a good way to get in touch with me and schedule a meeting or anything like that. Um, uh, I, I do give away my cell number and just text me and say, hey, can we meet? Um, if I'm traveling, I'll say, hey, send me an email. But um, but if I'm available, I'll, I'll meet with you. So uh, my cell number is 469-261-1190. Um, and if you'll text me or call me or uh, whatever, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll reach back out to you and um, go from there. So those are the two best ways to, to get in touch with me. And then, um, you know, if it's for due diligence, um, we have an email, uh, DD for due diligence at heritageccs.com. So those are kind of the three ways, best ways to get in touch with us. Awesome. Well, we really do appreciate your time, Dax. And the- Thankful for all the value that you brought in our audience and us. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys soon. Have a great one. Thanks for joining us today on the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. Make sure to visit our website at www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash monopoly where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you got value from this episode, we'd appreciate a good rating on Apple Podcasts. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune into our next episode. Until next time, take care guys.